0: welcome to tech interviews this week we go all VMware focused as i'm joined by the host of the virtually speaking podcast pete fletcher and john nicholson as we take a look at how VMware see this data and application centric world and answer that all-important question what happens when you give jetpacks to cavemen so sit back enjoy the show it's, a, it's always great when I uh, when I come to a show, and manage to catch up with people who run a professional podcast who actually know what they're doing. Uh, so today, I've got the two hosts of the uh, fantastic VMware Virtually Speaking podcast um, while we're here at VeeamOn. So uh, why not introduce yourself, guys? Tell, uh, tell the listeners who you are and what it is you do.
1: Hey, Paul. This is Pete Fletcher, the host of the Virtually Speaking podcast. And sitting next to me is my good friend and partner in crime, John Nicholson. I, I wanted more then, John. All right. So
2: my name is John Nicholson. I'm a senior technical marketing manager, architect, something. I don't know. It's a long it's title. It's a really long title. Yeah. It doesn't fit on business cards or email signatures anymore. So I've kind of given up. Um, I'm, I focus on technical enablement as a core technologist on vSAN.
0: And Pete, what do you focus on? You're not just a host of Virtually Speaking Podcast, are you?
1: No, no, no. John and I both work in what we call the storage and availability business unit. So we focus on virtual SAN or vSAN and uh, also virtual volumes and disaster, disaster recovery products like Site Recovery Manager.
0: Okay, great. So we're we're here at the uh, Veeamon event. So this is Veeam's technical conference. Um, so what is it that brings VMware here? Why why are VMware here? You obviously you're a, you're a big sponsor of the event. So what is it? So uh, what's what's the relationship between yourselves and Veeam? Who wants that one?
1: Well, VM, VMware has been a, a proud partner with uh, Veeam for many years, probably over a decade now. And uh, I, you know, as long as I've known VMware, I've known about Veeam as probably one of the most powerful backup solutions out there, but obviously they've evolved. That's a whole other story. I mean, Veeam has gone from... Just back up to now, just full-on availability. Great product, but uh, so not only are we proud to sponsor the event, uh, but we really appreciate what they do to contribute to our solution as a virtual, you know, solution provider. You know, having someone like Veeam as a partner to really make our solutions for our customers just even that much more better. So, being invited to an event like this for us is is certainly an honor. Being able to speak about our products uh, and our integration together is even, you know, it's just icing on the cake.
0: Uh, did you say you had some additional stuff there, John, as well? Yeah. So, I mean, from a
2: from an ecosystem standpoint, um, we can't deliver every solution. It's just not going to happen as a company. And so we rely on our partners to close those gaps. And we were talking to Sanjay Poonen earlier, and really what he talked about is what drives our, our strategic partnerships, our acquisitions. It's about the customer. Um, if we're partnering with someone or we're we're co-selling with or we're we're doing some type or we're doing an acquisition of a company i'll take like app volumes and things like that it's always driven by customers saying you should work with these people um we have problems and together y'all can make solutions and that's i mean that's fundamentally why we're here and why Veeam is continuing to be such a strong partner is they solve a lot of a lot of joint
0: problems for our customers yeah that seems to be something that's come across as being quite strong here is that Veeam are um, really smart at enabling and simplifying a lot of the, the, the challenges that I think the, the business is seeing. So, I, I mean, specifically with VMware, what kind of things do Veeam deliver? What, what are they doing? What what problems are they solving?
2: So, I mean, they started with the basic product, backup and um, Veeam Backup and Recovery, which did backup of virtual machines and did it in an intelligent way that was efficient from a resource standpoint and simple, and and, yeah, it's so powerful, as well as also doing replication, being able to replicate virtual machines, uh, used obviously as part of your uh, BCDR planning. Um, But they've extended that. They've also got Veeam One that does monitoring of your virtual environment. They've got additional tools that help in terms of integration and management with other systems. Um, And they keep going deeper in their integrations. They find ways to always, you know, like for instance, the new, the new disaster recovery features and functionality—they're using ViO VSphere's APIs for uh, I/O integration. This lets them take, you know, a, a recovery—the recovery point that you can recover from. Take that from traditionally where you do a snapshot of ADP workflow; where it's going to be a couple minutes down to a couple seconds. And the expectations—we're continuing to see customers demand for availability. It's not about, oh, I'm gonna go call my backup administrator and hope that I can, you know, maybe he can get he can get me that file back today. People want to, sell, they want self-service for recovery. People, they're wanting recovery, the point at which they can recover from it to be instantaneous. People don't want to lose a single transaction, particularly in e-commerce systems and things like that. They want to be able to, to get right back to where they're going. And so when Veeam said, it was almost two years ago when they told me that they wanted to change from being a backup and recovery, company to an availability company it made a lot of sense because it's kind of like on storage performance and other things people used to be able to accept some variability in performance they used to be able to accept clicking and waiting 30 seconds now they want to click and wait five seconds three seconds two seconds they want things instant the expectations of our industry uh, partly driven by you know cloud and other application preventers and things like that the apple you know seamless availability seamless recoverability seamless performance um the expectations are just so high, and f- in order to deliver that, you need software solutions like Veeam, and you need, on the back end for them to talk to, um, the unique APIs and integration points that VMware we expose in the form of our various backup and I.O. Um,
0: APIs that we expose. So, it's um, uh, you know I think there's lots of things in there that um, uh, the availability thing has been a, a really strong message here. Um, and, and i think you're absolutely right you know the idea that as organizations now we just can't afford this kind of we can't not have access to our data we can't not have access to our applications i mean is that making a difference to the way that vmware are approaching the world and the way that you guys see uh you know you, the way you solve business problems for for folk today who wants that one
2: I, I, i'll start and i'm sure people would want to jump in so how we're, how, that face, how that faces VMware is we're seeing availability, we're seeing customers want one, one availability of solutions that are in public and private clouds. And so that's part of our hybrid cloud message and our ability uh, with some of our solutions to be able to stretch data between, and, and even in some cases with policy orchestration and things, automate consistency of availability um, through a policy engine, taking the availability capabilities of vSAN and bringing it into AWS, bringing it into IBM software, bringing it into our partner ecosystem, Um, You're seeing a huge push there. We're also seeing in terms of expectations at an application level, you're seeing increased hardening of our platform. You're seeing native HA capabilities, new products like Log Insight, they automatically load balance and fully do high availability just natively. function of the product. You don't have to go buy anything else. You're seeing the, you know, the cases of the ability to do highly available load balancing with NSX. It's just built into the product. So our network virtualization products can fully stretch and make networks and, and IP services highly available between data centers. Um, the network, I mean, the expectation across every piece of that infrastructure has to be not only resilient and, and unlikely to fail and reduce those chances of failure, things like proactive HA. Seeing that a host has got, you know, maybe a failing um, uh, thermal sensor, or maybe a fans died, you know what, let's just evacuate that host and move off of it. It's a, you're seeing an increased amount of resiliency and hardening and availability being baked into every piece and product of the entire VMware stack. So I, I think we, we share a vision of availability being important with Veeam. And I think we've got a, a unique approach together of how we, we maximize our integration points to deliver that for customers. Because again, it's all about the customer.
1: Yeah, and this is this is not a new game for us, right? VMware has been doing this for years. I mean we've we've always valued uh, when I first heard of HA and vMotion, I think those are the two ones that I was just like, are you kidding me? This is magic, this stuff is beautiful. But yeah, so HA has been around for a while. We're providing that availability to customers that don't have it or to products don't that don't have it integrated into their um, solutions like, like SQL for example, right? But Not only that, VMware takes it another step and works, again, with our partners, you know, like other storage vendors, like NetApp, for example, has Metro Cluster. And so vSphere has always been a solution with NetApp, so that we could have this vSphere Metro Storage Cluster. So customers can still have that high availability, synchronously synchronously replicate their data on traditional storage, and VMware supports that. Uh, Or we do it with our HCI. We have stretch cluster offerings in in our vSAN solution as well. So this is not new news.
0: This is something that that we have shared this value with Veeam for many years. So, for people actually who don't, you mentioned something in there that, um, you know, it's maybe not something lots of people know about, although, you know, it's obviously been a, a big success for VMware, um, is the idea of vSAN. Um, and, you know, and, and this has been a big year for VMware, there's been some big releases, you know, you, you guys have released uh, lots of things that actually kind of play in that space around availability and changing the way that maybe we look at how we deliver applications, the way we deliver our, our infrastructure. Um, so, while I've got you here, John, uh, uh, knowing vSAN is one of your things, i um, do you want to get just for people who've maybe not really come across vsan before a little bit about what it is and and maybe why it exists
2: so i mean the the challenge is is that traditional external storage while often highly available um it's expensive and it often required a lot of complexity to configure you'd have specialty networks, specialty staff um lots of tuning and unfortunately anytime you add complexity to an environment even when you're trying to, you know, even when that complexity in theory helps availability, it often can work against you. Because if you don't properly um, increase the operational spend on your staff and training budgets and things like that, um, you can very quickly have cavemen with jetpacks and they just fly into walls. Um, not, no, They don't get to do cool things. And so we, vSAN, we wanted to bring simplicity of management of highly available storage and resilient storage, but we wanted to make it to where it was, a seamless extension of the existing VMware administrator skill set. So you don't have to go retrain your staff. And you can do things like cool stretch clustering where you basically stretch your data between multiple data centers and sites. Um, the other, Another interesting challenge we've seen with availability, and this goes back to my consulting days, many times people would spend a lot of money, build a very beautiful data center, buy a very expensive, very resilient storage system, and that storage system, they couldn't really cut it in half. And unfortunately, it would always end up in the data center under a water pipe. And it's always the waste pipe, never the clean water for whatever reason. <laughs> <coughs> and so the challenge is, is the reality of availability. It's often driven not, – it's it's not just driven by what you buy, but it's what you do. It's your environmentals. It's your operations staff. So if your staff can't easily manage it and support it – also if your environmentals are in such a case that you've got this one little square that's got your storage and you're trying to make it highly available – and the reality is, is that square, there's only so much you can do because there's that waste pipe right above it or maybe there's only so much power feed there. Instead, what we wanted to do is allow you to customize um, your storage to match the reality of the availability of your, your data centers in your environments. And so being able to say with vSAN, say, I want to use fault domains. I want to split my data so it's split across different racks. That way when Pete, the destroyer of network uptime, accidentally unplugs the network to one of the racks, my data is still available. I want to be able to have it to where that way if that wastewater pipe breaks, maybe I'm running a stretch cluster across my campus and the secondary incidents can fail over. Or in the case of maybe um, you know, my entire site is, you know, gone toasty, the whole region's, you know, underwater. Maybe at that point you're using Veeam and you've replicated to one of their cloud partners and you can do an orchestrated failover that you've tested there. Um, those are there's lots of different characteristics and being able to do that. Uh, rapidly and easily with the existing staff you have, because that's that's increasingly one of the bottlenecks. Is I've seen almost an overcapitalization, and, and vendors have often been part of this problem and not enough of the solution. Of saying we're going to sell you lots of toys that are going to deliver lots of things, but not focus on making it one easy to manage and easy to consume for existing staff as well as easy to maintain. And again, you you eventually end up with that situation when you've got these poor guys who they haven't been trained, they're already overworked, they're tr- the staff are trying to do too much. And when you try to put extra nines every a lot of times when you try to add nines of availability to your data center, you know, go from ninety nine to ninety nine point nine 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 nine, it's almost like an exponential increase in cost of operations and hardware and kit. And it, it's you, you eventually just get to that point where you're basically you're taking some poor some poor saps who that are under staffed, undertrained, and it's it's like handing jetpacks to cavemen. They're like, What do I do with this? I haven't been trained, I don't know
1: what I'm doing, and they're just gonna fly into a wall. So we we gotta we gotta make sure we deliver solutions that, that can actually work. So Paul, there it is. The short version is that vSAN is the answer to cavemen with jetpacks.
0: Uh, well I, uh, there's a couple of things that John gave us there one was cavemen with jetpacks and one was your storage array under the uh, the water waste pipe uh, yeah, yeah they're, they're both attractive things that I'm, I'm glad I'm going to take away fire, from today fire
2: flood and blood I mean I've seen everything <laughs> fire flood and blood I've seen everything take out a data center you know it's. I was there when hurricane I hit mainland in Houston I had my shotgun and a generator um <laughs> You know, I mean, I've, I've actually had to deal with the logistics of, okay, we're, we're, you know, having to splice around fiber lines. By the way, who's getting food? Because all the grocery stores have guys with machine guns out front. <laughs> I mean, no, av- availability is, it's- And where are the jetpacks? Where are the jetpacks? <laughs> no, we can't get fuel, you know, we can't get diesel. No, and it's, it's something to where planning ahead and having all that orchestrated in advance and having that clean run book, that's one thing I saw with the VAO solution Veeam was talking about. Being able to say, I want to run book and hit export, and you've got this nice, clean little of what to do. Because everyone's panicking when stuff go sideways and that wastewater breaks or the
1: hurricane makes landfall you didn't plan on it's, it's the joy of it everyone panics when the waste hits a van
0: indeed well, very good uh yeah the
2: waste <laughs> hits the storage <laughs> we, there we
0: go waste hits the van uh, that's very good um so just on that subject then talking about kind of where uh you know simplifying uh, some of this stuff and solving some of these problems um pete you ran a session here talking about policy-based management um, and that, that's an interesting shift, I think, in a way that we look at uh, how we deploy virtual infrastructures, how we, how we manage and think about our storage, how we look at our data protection. Um, and again, so for people who are perhaps not familiar with the, the kind of concept, do you want to give us a little bit about what a, what storage policy-based management is and, and maybe some of the problems it solves?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So yeah, storage policy-based management is the overarching framework for both our HCI solution, which is Virtual SAN that John was just talking about, uh, but also for our our solution for managing vSphere inside of your uh, with your traditional arrays. So we have this product called Virtual Volumes, uh, which greatly simplifies uh, managing your your vSphere environment um, on your traditional arrays. I mean, just a we could talk for an hour just on how virtual volume makes your your environment simpler, faster, and smarter. Uh, But the the smarter part of that conversation would be the SPBM, this uh, Storage Policy Based Management. What it does is it gives you the ability to assign at a very granular level. So I can take whether it's a a virtual machine or even specifically uh, an individual disk inside of that virtual machine and assign a very specific policy to that individual disk. Uh, I guess the best example I could give you is if you created three simple policies, gold, silver, bronze, and in these three different policies, you had different varying levels of quality of service, media type, maybe deduplication, encryption, replication policies. You can assign all of these different characteristics to a specific policy, and you might have a gold version of that, a silver, and a bronze. So if you had a database server you could potentially assign on your operating system, say a silver policy. Whereas on your database, you might assign a gold policy. Maybe if you have a certain group of virtual machines that you wanna replicate, every time you spin up a new VM and you choose a policy, you could assign a policy that includes replication. Uh, And so the reason this is so great is, one, it simplifies the day-to-day tasks for your administrators, but more than that, it gives virtual administrators visibility into the underlying infrastructure. Because traditionally, a virtual administrator, when he spins up a new data store or he's looking to park a, um, a virtual machine inside a data store, without asking the the storage team or looking for a spreadsheet that might have all the LUNs assigned to it, he really has no visibility into what the storage characteristics are on that LUN. Uh, it's not built into vSphere. That visibility is just not there. Now, with virtual volumes and storage policy-based management, when you spin up a virtual machine, you can see you're choosing policies that are, they don't necessarily have to be gold, silver, bronze, but maybe they are database, maybe it's exchange, or maybe it's SQL with replication. So you can assign your own policies, giving yourself sort of a, a you know a, a guarantee you know that you can you can provision with confidence knowing that your virtual machines are going to get the exact
0: class of service that, that that they need, no more and no less. So that sounds like it's allowing people to um, focus on the delivery of the application so not not overly worry about how the stuff gets there, but more looking at it and saying I've got a requirement here, I've got an application to deliver, I need it to look a little App- bit like this. Applica-
2: the application should be the the driver of the policies, it should be the ultimate you know decider of what gets what and the virtual machine is where that application lives and so... Sh- switching from a bottom up infrastructure provisioning model to an application centric model and that's key. And what's what's great about this policy engine you described from an app standpoint is nowadays a lot of apps are actually being created not by a virtual machine admin, but through a third-party cloud management product, something or like customer. Yeah, or, yeah, external customer who's using some type of provisioning tool, be it vRealize Automation, vCloud Director, um, VMware. We have OpenStack integration and things like that, and these policies can actually be automated as part of those frameworks. We have plugins, we have tools, we have hooks, and so that way, even even in container cases, you can have your your platform basically say, you know, as that developer, or as that application. Uh, creator is sitting there and creating this group of virtual machines, it will seamlessly grab the right policies and deliver that. So now you've got not only the storage admin from having to go do things and being involved in the policies, you've gotten rid of the storage network configuration. You've also, in some cases, even gotten rid of having the VMware admin have to go do anything in order to spin up an application and do that in a reliable and consistent manner. And the ultimate goal of IT, the prime directive that we all should be espousing to operate under, is to provide a reliable and consistent computing platform for the business and being able to push that all the way to the application provision stage all the way, and then have it force all the way down and continuously self-audit. So if anything that would breach that policy is changed on the back end, alerts start lighting up on dashboards that says, look, somebody disabled encryption. This is supposed to be encryption. We are out of policy compliance. Being able to have that visibility in it, it's, it's a powerful story, and it's it's a unique story we have.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, it's got a couple of points you raise there as well that are uh, interesting. I think one is, um, and it's a phrase I've heard a couple of times, well, a whole bunch of times while I've been here, is the idea that focus on business outcomes, you know, don't focus on as you were saying, Paul, this is not about delivering IT. This is about meeting business need, you know, so that that kind of stuff sits, sits well in there. And obviously one of the things that you've also just touched on and something that's a, a big part, particularly for, well, I'm sure it is around the world, but particularly for guys in the UK and, and across Europe at the moment are things like data protection, you know, and data security. So this idea that... I can spot things when they become out. Sit outside of my compliance policy and, and deal with them quickly. So, I mean, just based on, just to kind of wrap up because uh, you know we're running a little bit short of time now, uh, and no doubt that some people want to throw us out of where we sat here. Um, Is there some things that, you know, in in all the kind of stuff we've talked about, which has been around uh, availability, it's around, you know, looking at business outcomes about delivering applications, is there any things that, um, you know, that are really driving what VMware are doing in those spaces, you know, some of the things that, um, you know, how you guys are are starting to focus and strategically change the way you approach uh, the, the way we all deliver IT?
2: So, I mean, we're, we're seeing some changes. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, we're still serving our core customer base very well, but we are seeing some evolving uh, trends that we, we have BUs and groups working on. One is Internet of Things. Uh, we're focusing on um, that and containers also. And both of them are very exciting what they can deliver, uh, but they both have a lot of challenges around compliance, consistency, and security um to be frank i mean it's it's kind of like you you start looking at some of these container farms and organizations and 85 percent of containers are not in production for a good reason you look at it and it's like what you've built a three-tier application it's hiding in a virtual machine and there's no (laughs) there's no security like who let the children loose here like where is the compliance and so us being able to deliver micro segmentation and security with nsx us being able to deliver policy provisioning and compliance uh with some of our cloud management tools as well as for Internet of Things, we able to do things like VXLAN bridging and security on that all. And, and there are these areas that are growing um, and that we're excited about, but we're also trying to bring the, the actual ability to operationalize and deliver to the business these
1: technologies. And... Uh and, Paul, if you get a chance, uh, listen to the Virtually Speaking podcast from last week uh, where we were at Dell EMC World. Because this vision, you know, not only is it something that's been, you know, the heart of VMware's goals, but now that, you know, Michael Dell, uh, you know, that Dell acquired, you know, we did the merger with, um, you know, Dell EMC now. This is something that Michael Dell has been, it's been on his mind for many years. And he shared that with us. We had, we had the opportunity to interview him. Uh, and he shared that this was the vision that he had, and this was one of the main reasons that he he sought after Dell EMC, or sorry, EMC and VMware to be part of this strategies to to take on these these uh, these new solutions for tomorrow, and particularly the Internet of Things in that. And so, uh, you know, it's great to be working for a guy like that that just has so much vision that but can do these types of things and make these big decisions for us. <laughs> yeah, those those Internet enabled cows. That was
0: that was a big thing last week. Yeah. So so we did uh, so here we go I'll plug in previous episodes I did an episode a couple of weeks ago with um, uh, an analytics engineer from Microsoft and talked very much about internet enabled cows Um, so well before you guys go um, how do people stalk you online and of course importantly how do they find the marvelous virtually speaking podcast
1: that's pretty simple you can go to vspeakingpodcast.com you can email John and I both at podcast at vmware.com and you can stalk me on twitter at
0: vpedroarrow I am lost underscore signal on Twitter. Um, guys, thanks very much. Appreciate your time. And uh, look forward to speak to you again. Thanks, Paul. Love your podcast. Thank you. This is awesome. I enjoyed the show. If you want to hear more from Pete and John, you'll find them on vspeakingpodcast.com. And for show notes of this episode, then pop over to techstringy.com where you'll find this, as well as all of our other previous tech interview shows. And if you enjoy both podcasts, then why not subscribe? You can find us both on iTunes, both on SoundCloud, and all other good homes of podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening.